Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft, and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Outdoor Line, streaming live on MyNorthwest.com. Don't forget about the live video feed on 710sports.com, and of course, the venerable V. Outdoorline.com with blogs, videos, and so very, very much more. Good morning, Rob Ensley. Morning. How you mm-hmm. doing, buddy? We dropped our Joey. We have we have no Joe, but we got Bob Bubba Buchanan, Bomax Mad Tackle Scientist, shed the white lab coat and a pocket protector, <laughs> and he's right in here in the studio. We've already talked about gapping our C-links with spark plug uh, gapper tools. And we've and gone spider hooks and umbrella hooks have, on our squeegees yeah, already. Been- which we're going to explain here in a little bit, but thanks for coming in, man. Good morning, yeah. Jets. It's drive, great to be here. Drive-in wasn't too bad this morning. A little wasn't slushy, bad at all. But, uh, wasn't not bad. bad at all. Yeah. Bob came bearing gifts, which I'm going to share some with you because I don't know that anybody's ever, like, given me cracked crab before. Like, he's cracked it. Mm. Like, it's crab meat. That's right? how much he loves you. That's what. But That's there's some, love right there's, there. there's some coming your way, but, but quite selfishly, I'm going to give some to my mommy. Because she makes this crab quiche, and if I give her enough crab meat, oh, then yeah, I get yeah, yeah. some of mommy's Swiss cheese mm. crab quiche. You're always working just... the program. Oh, dude, mom has some swivels There's and a... some crab quiche yeah, and some other yeah. stuff. And you're going to trade up. I got a guy. You, you, can, you can open yourself up to criticism if you. Oh, that's when you crack oh, crab for someone and leave crit- a shell or two. In criticism is something I, it's completely foreign to me. In in fact, we had nothing but a respectful experience at at uh, at Mardon Resort last couple days. With with Kevin Gogan and Captain Jay Field and, and a, Jim Hine. What a hoot, man. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Hunting with Shelby and Levi Riddell. in a long time. Dude, it, we, we were one day behind peak oh, duck shooting. They limited the day before. Yeah. I mean. They limited the day after. Yeah. And we were just kind of like, hmm, yeah, okay. Uh, you, you explained it all day long to Kevin, who had really yeah. just kind of getting yeah. into duck hunting. He's like, okay, well, what happens now? And you're like, well, after this lull, then we go into the next lull, and then by 2 o'clock in the afternoon, there'll be another lull, and the lull just kind of went up. We, we shot some ducks, and we, we had did. a great time in the, in the goose blind. We shot some geese, um, too, and Kevin shot his first uh, decoying ducks yeah. and geese. And, and now, we had a pile of snow, uh, snow geese oh, on top of us. Thousands. Adults usually you, you rely on the ju- the juvenile snow geese to come in. I look up; there's about a thousand adult snow geese, and they are on top of us. And, and of they're course, coming. what did we do? We had some in the deeks, and I'm, I'm like whispering to Levi the guy. I'm like, "Oh, let's land some more. Let's land some more. You know, let them land in there, and we'll we'll let them circle one more time." Well, in that next circle, they all got up and they just left and yeah. they went to the other side of the field. And we didn't get any of them. Ah. But great experience, though. A lot of fun, a lot of laughs, and a great group of people over there. And we got duck kebabs in the blind, you know, our yearly traditional feast in the blind with Shelby. They have like two styles of duck kebabs, right? They got these roll-up bacon poppers that have a marinated piece of mallard breast inside. Those are ridiculous. Oh. And then they just got the standard kebab deals with, you know, like a piece of meat and a piece of onion and a pepper and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, just, and they make them over the, you know, over the charcoal and, like and a the box of blind. Deal. Yeah. It's smoke pouring out yeah. of the blind. I wonder what the blind looks like <laughs> to a, the ducks. It's, you a, know. it's a carry it's a, deal. Yeah, the camo hibachi. Yeah. So, so we're on our way home and, uh, man, and it's snowing. 
You know, I mean, it, it, it's interesting because on potholes, they said, listen, the south winds bring the birds up from the river. The north winds blow the birds out of here because, I mean, you know, it, they are they're migrating south, obviously. Right. And they'll ride a north wind. So they blew them out. But that that Arctic kind of express pounded the pass. In fact, mm-hmm. all the ski areas opened up on uh, on Snoqualmie yesterday. They closed the pass on us, dude. Oh, we, we had to we had to stop and mill about smartly, you know, until 2 p.m. To, to get home. And then it was. Dude, honestly, it was like 30 miles of compact snow and ice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was slow going, but that's that's fine. We got a bunch of snow in the hills and, and an early start to the ski season. It. Yeah, and, for sure. And Tom's salmon and steelhead will be, you know, they'll be good in the cricks next summer. Got all the snow packs. So. Tell you what, we, yeah. we got like close to ideal spawn. Knock conditions. on wood. Dude. Yeah. Not a lot of brown water. No. And, and and that's people just don't understand how, how important that is because you remember if we if we hearken back a year, I mean Linden was flooded, all our Puget Sound streams have been scoured a couple of times. We we had a seventy degree day on the first of, of November, excuse me, first of December last year, which just blew all that early snow right out. And and so now we're we've got eggs in the gravel and we're and we got you know good water conditions. Man, yeah, like, like keep your fingers crossed. But you, uh, you can tell uh, in my backyard how well the spawn was by the duck activity. Oh, I know. Oh, you got murgies yeah. in there. Oh boy, yeah. And yeah. They, are, they are thick this year. When yeah. they come up, they they come down in the team and they they mm-hmm. work about six feet off each other and just swoop the bottom of the river. And there's yeah. twelve on top and twelve come up and twelve go down. And their mouth is full. These yeah. little one inch. Whopping for sure. sure, and you're down on the green. They have yeah. they've, they've yeah. got a tremendous chum run going in there right now. Yep. A bunch of coho. A lot of the West Side rivers loaded with yep. chums and coho. So, so good sign. We're gonna we're gonna dig into you a little bit, Bob, and talk uh, uh, crab pot setup, shrimp pot setup. We got squid jigging going on in the sound right now, and then jigging. You know, with Puget Thunder yeah. jigs. I mean, yeah. you you can't fish in the South Sound for salmon without. Either using a Puget Pounder jig or seeing somebody jigging and catching fish. So right. we're going to dig into that here in a little bit. We've got to run down the show to 625. Coming up here shortly, Johnny Mack from Soul Seekers Nation. Tom, he's got an event coming up. The truth about hunting. So we're fa- getting kind of we're getting kind of steamrolled right now. So Johnny yeah. popped his head up and said, "Wait a minute, I'm gonna I'm gonna help out here." So he's got a little event coming up. Why don't you talk about what well, he's got it, going? It, it's real quick. It's so interesting because what what he has is. An experience, a life experience, where he got to his late twenties, early thirties, decided he wanted to go hunting. He's got nobody in his family that hunts. He's got really no friends that do it. Well, how do you do it? How do you how do you uh, you know get a family going, get a community going, and 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 there was nobody to mentor him. So that's what he did, and, and he started SoulSeekers.com, and he got a hold of of Robbie Kroger, who's of BloodOrigins.com, and they're going to have an event next. Saturday in Muckleton, we're going to run it down. But if you're interested in hunting, you got a kid that is or whatever. This is a great hunters community, which, to your point, Robbo, is so very important right now because we are getting steamrolled on 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 the you know on the public awareness front, on on the on the legislative front, uh, and on the commission front with WDFW and their lack of willingness to enhance opportunity. All they, they've never seen a hunt they wouldn't like to close. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you, Johnny, for helping out with this. And, and we're going to have him on just a little bit here at 625, 7 o'clock. Uh, we got Bubba in the house here. He was going to be our guest, but he's right in the house with us here. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to pick on him about, you know, crab and shrimp and jigging, all that stuff, squid jigging, 725. Jason Brooks is going to come on. Uh, our field correspondent down on the south end. Member night's coming up on Tuesday, December 6th, down at Sport Co. That is a blast. Uh, it'll be absolutely packed down there. Jason's going to be down there. He's on the pro staff at Sport Co. And uh, he's got some Upland bird uh, you know, opportunities coming up here. 
um, you know, he's going to dig into and then kind of talk about this whole fiasco that went on in Idaho this week uh, with non-resident tags over there. Oh, uh, that was an absolute dude. disaster. I threw my computer through the office window several times. I'd go out and pick it up and rethrow it several times through the window. It was very frustrating. So Jason's going to talk about that a little bit. They had at one point they had over seventy thousand yeah, people. They crashed the whole on. system. Oh, just so smoked it. Right yeah, now. let's table that for now. But that was that was really frustrating. Uh, so, but anyway, we got some squid jigging going on here uh, down the waterfront. I know the boats out here in Elliott Bay have been just loading up on squid, Bob. And you said a, a couple of boats down on the south end too uh, got in over down at Tacoma. It's starting recently. to get some. We're getting that bait moving in close to the shoreline too, which is really going to help. Oh, I'm hoping this next set of high tides in the late afternoon coming up later this week is going to. So they feed on these little herring, these little young of the year that's herring. A, is that that's the right? Deal? Okay. Yeah, uh, especially at night, you'll see them go by with with the herring in, mm-hmm. in their clutches and you'll you'll see the size and what they're yeah. after. And I've seen them on the sonar. See, you know, you mark a ball of bait and you see these streaks all around right. the edge of it. Those are squid, Those right? are squid. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And then you'll see them caked in on the bottom too. The squid just lay on the bottom in a little streaky layer yeah. on the bottom. If you see that in 60 to 120 feet of water, those are probably squid laying down. There. And you can go get those. But yeah, right sure. now that when they shoot, when you want to see them there, they're they're clear out in one fifty to two forty. Oh, okay, tough to get to. Tough to get to. Yeah, yeah. Well, we uh, welcome to December. I mean, it's just unbelievable how fast we we crank through this year. But the cool thing about December is there's kind of some neat stuff going on in the South Sound. And 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 uh, tell you what, let's pop out here. Give me ninety seconds. I'm going to tell you what Bob just told us about a very active South Sound right here in the outdoor line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the outdoor line on Seattle Sports Station. 866-979-3776. That is the reverse shine hotline. Brought to our Wellcraft Duckworth. Don't forget to text us up this morning, uh, 206-421-3776. That's uh, powered by Yamaha Outboards, 206-421-3776. So uh, we, have, we, we were the No Joe Show today. Uh, Joey is back east on a, on a pheasant hunt. And uh, Bob, before we even got cracked the mics this morning, you go, well, Joey's going to have a pretty good season in the South Sound on, on herring. And, I, and, okay, well, what's what's going on down there? Well, they're... they're a pile of bait. We've got the, the whales have been in there in large numbers working on the bait. We're seeing the whale watching boats, a few of those down there. And the or, so orcas and, and grays are down there. Right yes, now. we're seeing a little bit of everything down there. And we're seeing the transients and down often, there too, hammering yes. on our seal population. Down yeah, they're working the seals. I told Tom, you know, one, at sea. one day you go out there and uh, you go on a low tide first Victory thing in the morning and. And you hear all the burping and other noises from those things on the beach. And there's, you know, there's a hundred of them laying there in a pile on the beach. Mm-hmm. And the next day you come at the same time and they're gone. And then you find out the whales went through the night before on mm-hmm. high tide and mm-hmm. spooked them all and moved them out and probably ate a few. It, it was interesting because during the summertime we saw a lot of our Chinook Arpitani influenced by by orcas this year. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm talking about, you know, they, they came through mid-channel a couple times. They came through Tolela Bay a couple times. And, and I mean, dude, it is over <laughs> for a while when the residents come through, man. They, they just scatter things because, you know, we're, we're really good at, you know, going back the next day once we found them, right, and, and, and get, get things figured out on, on the salmon front. But, boy, when the orcas come through, it, it scatters things pretty good. So in the South Sound, they all, they, you know, it's, it, they, they've got kind of a captive audience with regard to both the pinnipeds and the Chinook. 
Yeah. Right now, we recently worked through our quota on Marine Area 11, right? Mm-hmm. So it closed Thursday? Yes, our quota of encounters. Of encounters. Yeah. Which is something that we need to kind of talk about because a lot of guys, they look at, okay, the number of Chinook that we can harvest, right? Where and, and, and a lot of times WDFW manages these fisheries with a different type of trigger that could be juvenile encounters, it, it could be unclipped, legal encounters or whatever. And that's something that, that we need to address and kind of further understand because we're if, if you think we're going to always get in a winter fishery to a specific harvest number, we're probably not going to get there because of the way it's being managed with the sublegal encounters. Right, right. And there's a lot of testing going on. They do test on days we don't fish. You know, the fishery down there was open Sundays through Wednesdays, and they might go out and do some testing on on those other days. But a lot of that is gathering info that doesn't have to do with with our encounter rate. But every day we're out there fishing, they are too. The two test boats are right next to mine at the dock. So I know the guys. I know when they go out. I see the tribal. Those are good guys to know. They are. Yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> the tribal test boat guys, they, they yeah. go out there too, and, you know, yeah. you encourage everyone, you know. Hey, here, here's what these guys are doing. They're, you know, they're out there. They're scraping the bottom with a 3.0 to a 3.5 spoon. They're not using a 2.0. They're not using a hoochie. Mm-hmm. This, this is, this is how they're fishing. And I encourage you, yeah. to, you know, yeah. to do the same thing. And they do that. They, yeah. they mimic what we're trying to do so yeah. that they're getting a a good read on that. And I said, you know, if if 80% of the fishermen are out there jigging, what are you guys, you know, you don't necessarily want to go out there and troll. You want to jig yourself, and they do that. They're, yeah. they're all doing that now, so they're they're well, working on. The cool thing about that point defiance area is you don't need a big boat. You no, don't you need, don't. The, and, no. and we talk about trolling all the time. You don't even need downriggers. The jigging thing works great. You can mooch down there. Yep. If folks are going to go out and jig, how do they get rigged up? Like from the rod, you know, to the to the yeah. line, to the do you run a swivel and they're kind of run it through from from A to Z on how to get it, rigged up for jigging. It's down. great to have. A, it's great to have a little firmer rod. Uh, use a braid because you're going to be jigging in waters up to, you know, I get down to 210, 230 feet sometimes. Mm-hmm. But you want a braid that doesn't uh, stretch a lot and so that it puts you in direct contact with that. And you're just going to uh, tie onto a swivel and then you're going to have a leader. I, my rule of thumb is the tip of my rod to the hook keeper is my leader length. It doesn't matter whichever rod Swivel, I have. you run a bead chain. I, I always run a bead chain in there with a bead yeah, above I it. I run a bead chain with a bead above there it so go. I don't okay. blast the tip top out. Yep, okay. And and Because uh, I can't see that swivel come out. Oh, trust anymore. me. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, a 30-pound leader, 20-pound leader, I, what are you running? I'm using 40 or 50. Oh, there in you case go. you run yeah. into a dogfish 40 or, or 50 fluorocarbon. Yeah. It's yeah. just, the, and, and, and this, this is where the stiffness of the fluorocarbon mm-hmm. can really help you out because that jig on the drop turns yep. sideways and flips right. around. And if you have a stiffer leader on top of that, you're less likely to get the dreaded butt hook. Yeah. Right? Yep. And I and plus, I'm using, I slide my jigs, so I, I kind of redo things and make it slide. And so I've got that thing sliding a foot, foot and a half. Up okay, so to make them slide, you actually take the split rings off both ends, take take everything off, and then bend those eyes up you, and run your line through. You, right? you actually narrow the bend on the eyes to make sure your swivel can't fit through there. Mm-hmm. And then you bend them to the side of the jig you want. I mean, some jigs, like our jigs, they're a little rounder on one side and a little more of a hmm. triangle pyramid shape on the other side. And you and you're a curved side guy with get the lineup. I am, yeah, curved side. I am. So, and and one of the things I found out too was where a lot of guys will bend both the top and bottom eye. I I just kind of bend the bottom, 
and, mm-hmm. and it almost puts that line coming down. Gives the top, it a little more tension. A little more yeah, tension, yeah. and and the, and you're like you're likely to keep that jig closer to the hooks, you know, which is which which is what it's all about. But dude, so much fun with those jigs. One thing that Kyle and I messed with, we were shooting that video, is putting a little barber stop above that jig oh. with a bead below it to keep the jig from sliding, sliding way up the line. Because far. all you're trying to accomplish is to keep that fish from throwing that jig out of their mouth yeah. when you hook them. You don't need the jig to slide all the way up to the swivel when you got a fish on. If you can just get it to slide, you know, six inches or so. You, that's all you want. And then yeah. you just you want it enough so that when you're fighting the fish, mm-hmm. that jig can get away from your hooks and he can't use that for leverage to get your gear yeah they'll throw that problem with 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 any bead you get right Mm -hmm. now they float yeah and so even when you drop down that jig comes up so we're trying to figure out some way to get that grabby soft bead Mm -hmm. that's got a center that will keep it down and, and keep it staying further down in the leader around that jig to not let it get too far away from the hook. Yeah, and it gets up away from the hook. Right. It, it not only gets away from the hook, and we got underwater video of that and, and kind of came yeah. up with this new system. And then also it keeps you from looping that hook up onto your leader constantly. Right. So a little right. little trick in there, a little clear bobber stop in there with a bead below it gets you a little, little but you, closer you know, to the you, hooks. You, if you imagine what that jig's doing down there, getting mm-hmm. away from the hooks, if you are using the slip system, yeah. you just got to change your technique a bit to keep it close. Yeah, and, and then fine. as and, far as your hook rig, how you rigging up the hooks below I ju- it? I tie a double hook really close. Okay, back like, to Almost back. as close as you can get. Okay. And then when I when I pull it tight, I want one hook going one way and just like one a hoochie, hook going the other. Just like a hoochie setup. Bingo. Much like a hoochie setup, but yeah. really tight together. Yep. Yeah. yeah, just uh, and you don't you you don't put small hooks on there. You put the big hooks, and that'll that cuts your encounter level down substantially. So four aughts, three aughts, four aughts. I use five aughts. Four aughts this time of year, and I'll use five aughts in the gotcha. Yeah, so much fun, dude. I, I mean, a, a fish, a chinook hooked on a jig. Is is worth half a dozen oh, on the downrigger. The jumps so are fantastic. Yeah. yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah no and you don't know they're it. there until you lift up on the rod. Right. You know, you got to be ready, and that's why you want that stiffer rod. You got to be ready to slam the hook into them. I was when on, you're coming up. You I know? was on the other side of Gabe Miller when he hooked one and uh, was fighting it in the mini sled. Yeah, and his boat had kind of turned a circle. The fish went around the other side, so you, you couldn't see the fish, but you could see him fighting the fish with your back. To all of a sudden, it came out of the water, and the fish was above his head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've got know, it on video. I don't know it's what amazing. It is about they'll go just airborne. They do. You know, I didn't. I didn't plaster that all around because he eventually yeah. lost that fish. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he said some things that wasn't yes. very nice. Well, I can imagine. <laughs> we, we've all been there. Gabe, yes, shame on you. Well, that's okay. All right. We're, we're, we're going to pop out of here for a quick break. So um, the plight of the hunter that doesn't have anybody in his family or in his group of friends, you've, you've kind of, you're aware of hunting. How do you get started, right? That's the situation that our next guest, Johnny Mack, observed. He started soulseekers.com and then found some other folks. We've got a fundraiser next week, but just this is a fascinating story. Johnny Mack at soulseekers.com. Joining us next here in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the BOMAC Tech Line. BOMAC has all the gear for all your techniques, and SMI shellfish gear is simply the best. BOMAC, we catch big fish. Welcome back to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. That's Rob Bensley, Bob Buchanan to my right. Matt Nelson running the board and on the phone. Go check out soulseekersnation.com. That's the website of our next guest, Johnny Mack. Good morning, Johnny. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well. How are you doing today? Well, I, I, this is, I, I've been looking forward to this interview, and I talked to you a couple times this week about it. And, and uh, you found yourself in a very interesting predicament 
when you came to the to the sport, the passion, and the lifestyle of of hunting, but you really didn't have a mentor, you didn't have a support group around you. So tell your story, man. This is a fascinating pathway you found yourself on. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, so I I always had this call upon my soul that I wanted to be a hunter. The idea of going west, um, going into the mountains, self-reliance, courage, grit, uh, it always spoke to me. And yet, I always put it to the back burner. I was a college football player and, and a high school football coach and a school teacher for a long time. And it wasn't until I was 30 years old that I finally decided to to put my foot down and choose to do something for myself, and that was to become a hunter. And so that was when I went on my journey to take my hunter safety course at the age of 30. And through my process of, of learning how to hunt, I didn't have any community or uncles or dad or, or people that were like, hey, let's take you hunting. Let, let's get you into the outdoors. I was raised a fisherman, but the hunting eluded me. I was never taught gun safety. And so I went on this journey to uh, become a hunter, and when I got into it, I realized how lonely and isolating it is if you do not have a network of people to support you. And so as I started to go about my journey, I realized just how hard it was as an adult to get into hunting. And at the time, I was newly married. Now I've become a father of three young boys, and they are now raised in a lineage of hunting. And so from there, I was like, you know what? got a mission and it's mentorship is conservation and i'm going to do whatever i can to spread that mission and so within eight short years that led to uh, creating a podcast a website a blog a tv show on carbon tv and uh to us having a conversation this morning so i appreciate it thank you well we appreciate your all your efforts man i mean you kind of created your own network so good on you for getting out there and getting it done what is it about hunting man that that, that really moves you the most Man, that is such a huge question, and it can't be pinpointed to one specific thing. Hunting, I, I always say on my podcast and everything that I do, that hunting has the power to transform lives through primal adventure. And the transformation of taking who you are, what you are, and not not that old self, but molding it and shaping it into a better version of yourself is what hunting does. And for me personally, it challenges my courage. I was, I was always afraid of black bears in the woods. And I was like, man, I, you know, I always thought like there was a bear waiting around every log, every corner, every tree. And it wasn't until I really got into the woods and started hunting that I was like, man, animals are actually hard to find. And so my actual first uh, big game animal that I tagged out on was a black bear in, in the heart of the Cascade Mountains here in the state of Washington. And I remember laying in my tent at night with my gun in my tent and being like, man, I hope a bear doesn't come into camp at night. <laughs> We've all been like, there, wait, buddy. Wait. Believe me. You're I, not I, alone. Like, wait, no, that's, that's, that's the whole reason why I'm here. So I think, you know, hunting, you can get out of it what you put into it, but it, it challenges your courage, your grit, your determination. I believe that uh, to become a better person, you got to put yourself in an uncomfortable position and hunting if you're doing it right, it's going to constantly be challenging you with a lot of uncomfortable positions because that's where growth is made. So next week, uh, the 10th of December, up in Muckleteo at Straight Sheet Fabrication, you've got this great event going on. Uh, tell folks what they can expect there if, if they show up at this event on the 10th, buddy. Yeah, let me give you a little background on uh, just build more off of the whole getting into the hunting thing. 
So as an adult and not having much of a community, I, I took the approach of uh, fill the dreams. If you build it, they will come. And so I started with a social media account, and then I was like, you know what? Throw an event. I'm going to build a network of people that I don't know, and I'm going to hope that people show up. And I put it out into the universe, and our first event a few years ago had 13 people at it from all over the state of Washington. And it was just promoted through Instagram. Since then, it has uh, grown more and more, and every December that we've been doing this for the last three years now, we've been doing fundraisers. Well, usually it's been a toy drive for Seattle Children's Hospital or different different uh, nonprofits. This year, we've decided to um, bring everyone together to build community, uh, talk hunting, and fundraise for Blood Origins nonprofit under the mission of mentorship of conservation. And so it's uh, all ages are welcome. Food and beverages are available for purchase at the event. It's free to attend. And this is one of the things, like, it doesn't cost money to show up. Just come and be there. Rub elbows and shake hands and meet people. Network. Use this as a networking event for yourself. And then we're going to be having silent auctions and raffles and a lot of wonderful donations, all to raise money for, for blood origins. So, And a, a lot of people might not be familiar with what blood origins is, but... Uh, it's a nonprofit, a recent nonprofit, I believe, as of like last year, and it is a global uh, nonprofit whose mission is to convey the truth about hunting and promote conservation efforts. So they do this by creating content and sharing stories that convey the impact that hunting has on people, wildlife, and communities. And it's been demonstrated, Johnny. We're talking with Johnny Mack this morning of SoulSeekers.com this morning, and and. Uh, so excuse me, soulseekersnation.com. And and there's so much worth in what you're doing because it's been demonstrated if you don't get a kid in the outdoors by the time he's ten or twelve, that's it. He's gone, right? He's gonna he's gonna get sucked into the video game vortex and and and, and that's gonna be it. And and the and the problem with that obviously is people will absolutely not care about what they do not experience. And you are doing any kid around you a big, big favor by getting them in the outdoors and getting them off a screen and getting them off there, you know what, so they can experience the outdoors. And and your your description of hunting is so apt because it, it challenges you every possible way. It challenges your visual skills. It challenges your physical fitness. It challenges your, your desire. And, and the, the fact that you've built this basically without a mentor, you know, all by yourself, you know, speaks to the type of person you are. But uh, I, I'm really encouraged at what we're going to see next Saturday night. Now, tell us a little bit about Robbie Krieger and Blood Oranges, excuse blood me, Blood Oranges. Origins. Now, he Origins. had some Blood Orange vodka I the did. other day, and he's, 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 he's <laughs> <laughs> I can't Blood Origins out of his mouth. Bloodorigins.org, yes. Uh, one, too many, uh, one too many episodes of uh, Dexter there, yeah. Bloodorigins.com, excuse me, .org. What is that all about, Robbie Krieger, Bloodorigins.org? Yeah, so I mentioned this a little bit uh, earlier, but the whole idea of what Robbie Kroger did, so he was born as a South African uh, and has lived in America and was raised in a lineage of hunting, but he didn't realize how important that was on his life until he he grew up and, and became older. And so what he realized is that, you know, everyone, look, I don't want to speak in general, so I got to make sure I use correct words. People who are not familiar with hunting or who have not been uh, around an environment that is positive speaking towards hunting, 
oftentimes have a negative skew of what hunting is, and they consider it more of a redneck, you know, and go out and drink, shoot, and chew, and, you know, go kick a can down the road, or they consider African hunting as like, oh, how could you go shoot uh, elephants and lions and all this stuff? And, and we know through mainstream media today that hunting is constantly being attacked and getting a bad rap. And what we need to do is to convey the truth about hunting. And that is one of the biggest, biggest points is, is to understand that we, we all are ambassadors and advocates for what we do, whether we want to admit it or not. And to be able to have the talking points and to have the courage and to have the foundation of how to speak positively to promote hunting, to engage people. You know, some people engage uh, for hunting through the food. Some people engage with hunting through the adventure. Some people engage through uh, hunting through a lot of different things. And the, the, what Robbie is doing is sharing the, the impact that hunting has on lives. You know, a lot of his uh, docu-series that he does and his podcast, he is interviewing and, and creating these series around people who have been vegans or have never hunted or have never uh, been raised with a firearm and they are now experiencing hunting for the first time and they're telling their perspectives and they're sharing their stories because one of the things that I believe and I, and I stand wholeheartedly upon is that everybody has an opinion. Very few people in this world have perspectives and perspectives come from having experiences. And so when you have an experience, you have something real and tangible that you can specifically speak to and so Robbie at Blood Origins, you know, where there are stories to be told, Blood Origins is there. And, and so when I wanted to choose a nonprofit to support, I could have chosen a Critter Club, you know, Mule Deer Foundation, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. I could have chosen Sportsman's Alliance, a Safari Club International. But I wanted to choose one that is heard of very well and really put them on the map and so we have robbie kroger the founder of blood origins flying up uh to speak at our event and it's going to be a powerhouse yeah great call man i agree with you too about the mainstream media i mean uh, whatever message they purvey is just whatever follows the narrative they're trying to purvey you know or trying to get across to the public and whether it be anti-hunting or anti-gun or whatever it is that's generally what we see from the mainstream media so you're doing a great thing here man pushing back and uh, and sending out a positive message and really what hunting means to us and, and why we do it. It's not what the media would like everyone to believe. Uh, so good on you, buddy. And, and that's uh, December 10th up at Straight Sheet Fabrication in Muckleteo. Uh, we might see you there. I don't, know, I, I don't know if we have a hoops tournament that weekend, but if we don't, we might see you at the event, buddy. Uh, you're doing great work, and uh, keep it up. And, and uh, definitely encourage everyone to, to head up to that event up there at Straight Sheet. Yes, absolutely. Our goal is to just pack the house. I, I want to raise, you know, at least $20,000. And if you wouldn't mind, just let me highlight some of the stuff that's been donated. We got uh, Timney Triggers, a Kelby's Custom Action up to $1,500, Graybo Phoenix Stock, Christensen Arms donated a rifle, SKB Gun Cases, Peak Refuel Mills. We got Granite Falls Hardware donated a 50 cal AR. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a Huxworks <laughs> Suppressor, a 762 Suppressor, um, uh, African Hunt for two a four-person uh, fishing trip, Onyx memberships, Stone Glaciers donated, Phone Scope. We got Lathrop and Sons Boots, Fox Pro Game Calls. I mean, the list goes on of wow. all these companies that are yeah. supporting 
this this mission, and you I, you cannot outgive good. You put good out into this world, it's naturally going to come back to you. But we don't do that with the intent because we want the return. We do it because it starts with love. And that's what mentorship is. And under the banner of mentorship is conservation. If you want hunting to last for generations to come, then you need to invest in the lives of other people. And it starts with loving others. And the best thing that we can ever give is time. Amen. All right. Good job, buddy. No doubt. Johnny Mac, soulseekersnation.com. You're going to find more information about this event next Saturday night, December 10th, 4 p.m. Straight Sheet Fabrications and Muckle Teo. For more information, hit soulseekersnation.com. Johnny, thanks for your time, buddy. I'll get a hold of you next week. Thank you, Johnny. Thanks, John. Thank you so much. See you, buddy. Have a great weekend, man. All right. Coming up next, Raymarine Picks of the Week for the first weekend in December already. Have you got your Christmas shopping done? Yeah, me neither. No. All right, right back here on the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the Outdoor Line Picks of the Week, presented by Ray Marine Electronics. Don't just go fishing, go hunting underwater. Ray Marine, simply superior. No matter what's ahead, Ray Marine stands behind you. For 80 years, Ray Marine's built rugged and reliable marine electronics that serve as your trusted guide beneath the service, above the clouds, and over the horizon. Find that and more at Ray Marine. Com. Want to catch a steelhead, Tom? Yes, yes, yeah. I do. There's a few out there. Okay. Right. I don't know. We've got a little opportunity up on the Sky Comish right now. Through Marine just started their steelhead derby, too. That started on the first. There's a few in there. There's a few coming into the Bogus Shield. Hump Tulips is seeing some fish. In fact, uh, the Hump and the Chehalis River are going to be open through the 16th of December. And that's all she wrote for steelhead. So you got the next couple of Actually, the next, what, till the 15th? Was that a week and a half to get in there and catch a steelhead? But there's some coming in. Definitely in the Hump. Uh, that's a late coho opportunity in there, but there's definitely some hatchery steelhead coming in there right now. Uh, you can get up on the Skagit, catch some dollies up there right now. Weather is pretty rough for fishing right now, but, you know, you can get out and at least get something cooking there. Uh, squidding, we talked about that earlier in the show yep. here in the Sound. Elliott Bay, I talked to Dennis Farrell down at the fishing counter at Outdoor Emporium yesterday. The boats are getting good out in the middle of Elliott Bay. And Bob, you mentioned it earlier in the show. Those squid are on the bait right now. The bait hasn't pushed in. It's out in deeper water. So if you've got a kayak or a boat, you can get out there and just hammer on some squid right now. They're also kind of down at Des Moines, Redondo, down that way. And it sounds like they're just starting to move into Tacoma. Bob, you've heard a few reports down there A few reports of, of midday getting some in closer to shore so that less davis pier like i said i i hope this next set of high tides coming in the afternoon early evening is going to really pick things up yeah we got crabbing going on talked to dave johnson yesterday he's hammering the crab in marine area 10 you guys are getting them down that in marine area 11 down in that tacoma area dude um, winter crab they're just oh, pretty, they're big big purple crab. back monsters right you, now you do not need a crab gauge wow it is crankers uh, you know i've got one in my back pocket and as they're coming you're just Mm-hmm. No, they're huge. Yeah. It, it's seven inches or above. Well, and they're just wow. meat-filled this time of yeah. year, too. Yeah. Just, it's crazy. Yeah. And, you know, and, and part of it has to do with the molting cycle. I think it's available food, too. That you know, They just grow fast this time of year. Water temperatures in the bottom of Puget Sound really don't change all that much. So there's really the seasonal variation doesn't come into play very much. It's food availability and the amount of gear that has not yep. been on them. Yeah, know, I got so. the crabbing thing going on. And after the break here, we're going to dive into rigging your crab pots a little bit, too. we got a bunch of time here at 7 o'clock to dive into that with you, Bob. But uh, crabbing's great right now area 10 11 also up in the north sound all those marine areas are, are open up in there uh the north end of hood canal they're getting crab in there so that's a great opportunity also right now and i mentioned this a couple weeks ago oysters are primo right Ooh. now if you like oysters yeah. <laughs> either get them yourself out on the beach or go to one of the the shellfish farms again we like uh, minnerbrook out there on the on the uh 
on the Key Peninsula. But, is it uh, Brady's out there? Brady's oysters uh, out there, and in, in, in Westport on the way out to Tokeland? Oh, I don't know. We don't. Yeah. We don't have to go that far. But uh, if you want to drive out there, it's a great, great time of year to do that. Yeah, we no may doubt. even have some news about a razor clam dig coming up here. But, but, uh, but we'll get into that after the break. We've got some winter trout opportunity. If you want to go freeze your woolly bugger off here this next couple of weeks, here we got some <laughs> chilly weather. But there's some trout around. If you want to get out there and do it. Really, though, this week, you can get caught up on your shopping. We've got Customer Appreciation Day today at Outdoor Emporium downtown Seattle. The smokers are rolling out front. You'll pull in. You'll see the smokers going out front. They've got Dave's Famous Turkey coming off the off the smoker there. They've got samples coming in constantly, giveaways, all kinds of stuff. Super fun deal. Tuesday night is member night down at Sportco. The parking lot will be packed. It will be packed. You'll see dude. the big spotlight down there. There will be a ton of anglers and hunters in there, tons of giveaways, uh, so that's going on on Tuesday night, and it's also the 12 Days of Christmas going on at, at those two great stores right now. Deep discounts on everything. Uh, so check that out. If you want to get out and shop for the sportsmen and the family, uh, definitely now's the time to do it at one of those two great stores. Well, and you got, you know, member appreciation night Tuesday night down down at Sport Co. Jason Brooks is going to be down there. Brianna, Brianna, um, Brianna Ackland, Brianna... Zimmerman? Zimmerman. Yeah. It's Brianna Zimmerman, the the killer of large elk with, oh, with an arrow. <laughs> She's yeah, in, yeah. three seventy five bull oh, archery. She, she gets an elk every year, maybe uh, two. Did you, you know? men- did you mention waterfowl in your rundown? Yeah, there's... that's right here, okay. ducks and geese. Right now, it's All hammer right. time. We've got some very ducky weather coming up this next week. We got rain in the forecast next week, like low forties, high thirties. Mm-hmm. It's like perfect uh, for duck hunting here on the west side or the east side for that matter. Um, pretty good numbers of geese over there. I would say the duck thing is a little hit and miss on the east side right now, but there's a lot of geese over there right now and snow geese too. That that snow geese thing on the east side is just going crazy. I mean, we had nothing less than a thousand bomb in on us and, and we, we had flocks. We were way, wait, let's, let's see, southeast of Mardon. There was maybe 10 to 15,000 birds down there. We're out on Potholes Reservoir. How many, 20,000 birds out on the we reservoir could, getting up? We could up and, see and hear geese. Yeah. All day yeah. long, yeah. It, it was like it, it was like a flock. It was like a like, seriously a bunch of bees down there, just hovering over Moses Lake. Yeah. It was just yeah, it's crazy. gone crazy over really, there. Really, really cool. Um, also, we're going to be heading uh, over to Rufus Woods here in a couple weeks. Yeah, that that's starting to go. That thing's going sure. off, and, yeah. and uh, you know that that they're they're that's kind of a captive audience too. There, man, you'd enjoy that. Trip. That that means your smoker's going to get active. Oh, here I'll tell you what, I I just those those triploids. They're un doggone Yeah, we brought that your your uh, your smoke triploids to a Christmas deal last year, and it just got mowed down. Yeah. There was just like a skeleton and some skin left on the plate within about five minutes, and, and just gone. It's, it's insane. Great eating stuff. Uh, Bob, you were talking to uh, WDFW here this last week about toxin levels on the coast. We've had our razor clam digs have been shut down out there because the toxin levels have been too elevated to to allow digging. Uh, what have you heard, man? Any, any news out well, there? This, it originally pushed up from down south, so it came up from Oregon up our direction. So, you know, that Long Beach area down there got hit hit pretty hard. But uh, the toxin, which is a marine algae, has uh, that they eat, and then the toxins created from that has gone from our waters. Okay. So that's okay. the good news. It's okay. gone. And now at uh, Moclips or Mocrox. And 
the other beaches are starting to lighten up on their um, – those things are going to start the, – the, the clams they, they are going to start expelling they, and they, getting rid of it. But so it, the up, they, it's an uptake and depurate deal, they, right? They, correct. They, they suck in this they, this uh, algae, like you mentioned, and it bioaccumulates because they're filter feeders. Yeah, right? and it's great and, for them. I mean, it's, yeah. it's key for them, and it's a great thing. and makes them big and juicy and fat. It, and, and, yeah, and it helps them to repel yeah, and other, keeps, keeps other, us from digging. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> they just got to expel this stuff out of their Bingo. system. Guys. They got to spell it. So it takes a while, it takes a while it. to get that's cleaned good out. news, though. Yeah. We yeah. might get a dig here in the next whatever. Yeah. So, you know? I mean, my call would be I I hope if it stays away, we're going to be digging by uh, probably before, maybe before Christmas and nice. New Year's. Oh, okay. Well, good of, news. A load of razor clams. Oof. Oh, the shellfish thing right Man. now is hammer time. The crabbing, the oysters, everything yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, very good time to get out. And gosh, you could even. What you you like the cast and blast opportunity, Tom? Could you could you shoot some ducks and pull some crab pots anywhere in Puget Sound right now? I uh, you could, yeah, yeah, you could. There's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of especially up uh, up, up Bay, yeah, Lower Skagit, yeah, yeah, Lower, yeah, yeah, yeah just go. drop down to the North Fork <laughs> and head on down there, and you know, drop your uh, drop your crab gear just off of Ica Island and come back up in the marsh a little bit and, and blaze away. You you pointed out that as the temperatures moderate this week and some of that lowland snow melts, we're going to get sheet water in the fields. You know, down in the ag fields, you're going to see that all over the sound. That's going to be something to definitely keep your eye on. So it's not the postseason, gang, you you boaters, you salmon fishermen out there. It's the preseason. And I happen to be in Harbor Marine this week, and the shelves are more full than I've seen them in, a, in quite a while. This is a great time to load up on filters. Blue Seas. Blue Sea systems. Blue Seas. Yes, battery yeah. switches. Hard to come by. Dude, it is. Yeah. Even the basic stuff and, and my favorite new fuse, which is the the blow and go, or excuse me, blow and glow. The, bl- the, the blow light and go. Is that what blow. you have in your truck that's to, right. you know, before you can start it in the morning or Oops. what? That's not my favorite. <laughs> yeah. No, what, they've got these illuminated fuses that when they blow, they light. So you don't have to go through your fuse box if you, if you got a bad, you know, like every now and then you got a, you got a, uh, a fish box pump or something like that or a washdown pump that, that will kick a fuse off. Well, maybe it just got frozen. Maybe you just got something through there. So you replace the fuse and you're off to go. But you got to go through every doggone fuse if they're not well labeled. Well, these fuses light up. That's a Blue Sea Systems product. Everything. Do you have, do you have a crappy tongue jack on your on your boat trailer this is a great time to get all those parts well, right your now. crustacean coiler bob like, do yeah. you have to grab one yeah. of those right yeah. now yeah. If you don't have one already great way to store your line to deploy your line all your crab line shrimp line all that stuff so See, i also i just got a text from kevin john up at holiday sports he's always monitoring my my, my waterfowl uh, uh media here I'm, I'm spreading around geese is closed here in area one until december 10th so we just got a brief closure in, in goose hunting right now and that's to accommodate the early goose season and the late goose season we only get so many days from the feds to geese so they do this so we can get seasons late you know in february those those february march seasons so it's just geese don't worry we're not closing down waterfowl season last year i, I mentioned this and i had a bunch of people <laughs> heat me up on it but uh that's but good. just a brief closure in the it, goose hunting it, season it's good there. it's good to keep you in check a little yeah bit, for know? sure somebody, somebody has to yell at you, you Thank know, kevin so. Yeah, no doubt. All right, we're going to pop out here for a quick break. Um, you know, you you mentioned some interesting maintenance aspects and 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 setup to the crab system because to use the coiler, you need to get a few things lined up. And this is the first time that I've ever heard spark plug gapper used <laughs> with crab gear. How does this work? We're going to tell you next in the jam packed hour two right here in the outdoor line, Seattle Sports Station seven ten and the Seattle Sports app.